and not even like five minutes after getting off the phone with him, I started going downstairs and there was a knock on the door. So I opened the door and there's two FBI agents out on my porch and that was very nerve wracking, especially with anxiety and everything. I went out front and started talking to them and they were like, hey, um, a friend of yours went missing. We we're wondering if you know anything about it. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea. So I started asking some questions like, um, was the friend from like Oregon or Texas? Like, what was the friend's name? And they were like, no, they're not from either one of the states. We think you might know who it is. And I was like, I genuinely have no idea. So when they showed me the picture of Alicia, like my heart just sank, it was so awful. Not even was it just like a best friend of mine that had just went missing. It's a best friend who's a young teenage girl in a very dangerous world, you know? I'm not religious, but it's like, I just hope and pray that she's alive and safe and, you know, happy somewhere, you know? Uh, I know she was trying to like meet new people and she was trying to make new friends, but it's like, whether she was abducted or ran away or kidnapped or anything, it's like, I don't really know. I just hope, I just hope that it was like a happy runaway scenario where she might have left her family and friends and everything she knew, but maybe it was for her Prince Charming somewhere and she's just happy living life somewhere now, you know? My name is Clark Samples. I'm currently living in Pennsylvania. When I met Alicia, I had just moved to Katy, Texas, like just outside of Houston. Around the time she went missing, I had just moved back to Salem, Oregon. I definitely kind of been skipping across the country. No, I'm currently in Pennsylvania. I'm 23 years old, currently working at Panera. If you have any information about the disappearance of Alicia Navarro, please call the Glendale, Arizona Police Department at 623-930-3000. The Anti-Predator Project at 305-796-796. 4859. Or you can email me, Alyssa Fleck, at gonefromglendale at gmail.com. If you think you see Alicia, please call 911 immediately. Thank you. This is Gone from Glendale, Episode 3 Prince Charming. Alicia Cristina Navarro was born on September 20, 2004, to Jessica Grijalva Nunez and Jamie Navarro. Alicia grew up primarily in the metropolitan suburb of Glendale, Arizona, where she was raised by her mother, Jessica, and her stepfather, Ivan Nunez. Alicia is the second of four siblings. Alicia's biological father was out of the picture not long after she was born, but both Alicia and Jessica have kept in touch with him over the years speaking to him by phone from time to time. After Alicia disappeared, her biological father, who had been living in Florida, told investigators that it could be a struggle getting Alicia on the phone to talk during her recent teenage years. 
Growing up, Alicia, who was 4'9 and just under 100 pounds at the time she disappeared, was small for her age and especially shy. She always loved animals, especially her small shih tzu mix, sushi. Alicia was a good student who got good grades and had dreams of attending Arizona State University someday. Alicia had recently transferred to Brigade Catholic High School, where she just started her freshman year. She was also receiving private tutoring in Korean from a student at ASU. Many of Alicia's friends are now graduating from high school and moving on with their lives, but Alicia's life remains paused in time on the night of September 15, 2019, when she disappeared. By the age of 14, Alicia was struggling with a variety of issues. She had a limited palate of foods she could tolerate eating. She was also prone to sensory overload. She had been diagnosed with autism and was seeing a therapist and taking medication, but Alicia did not always cooperate with therapy. Her anxiety caused her to self-soothe by biting her shirts or even her hands. But when Alicia escaped into the world she inhabited online, she didn't have to think about the struggles that came along with going to school or being a teenager. Alicia is very gifted with computers, and as she explored the internet, she found she could speak her mind without shyness or social anxiety, or needing to decipher social cues from the comfort of her own bedroom. Jessica usually felt comforted when she heard the peals of laughter echoing from Alicia's second-floor bedroom. Alicia had friends from school, but it was online that she seemed to really blossom and find her own element. Alicia met friends while playing games over Xbox like Overwatch, Minecraft, and Rainbow Siege, where they would team up and conversations about the game spilled onto other apps like Discord. Soon, Alicia and the others would find themselves staying up late and discussing every intimate aspect of their lives. Alicia regularly became absorbed in worlds where she felt like she could be herself. In the weeks leading up to her disappearance, Alicia mentioned running away to at least one of her friends at school, who later told investigators that Alicia had mentioned running away to California or swimming to Australia and had even invited him along. In the weeks and months before she disappeared, Alicia talked to one of her gamer friends, Clark Samples, who goes by Skella Clark on Xbox, and who was at the time 21 and living in Oregon. On September 4th, 2019, just 11 days before she went missing, Alicia messaged Clark and told him she'd sold her Xbox and that she had a boyfriend. I know this because Clark sent me the message exchanges between him and Alicia on Discord where she told him this. That claim about the Xbox wasn't true though, and I don't know why Alicia told Clark that. Clark told me he and Alicia's mutual gamer friends had been trying to work Alicia's confidence up to make more real-life friends. Of course, they never expected something like this. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my interview with Alicia's gamer friend Clark Samples, who was about 20 or 21 years old at the time that he and Alicia met while they were playing Overwatch on Xbox. But first, I want to get back into the timeline leading up to the days before Alicia disappeared. On Thursday, September 12th, 2019, we know that Alicia attended school at Borgatti Catholic as usual. On Friday the 13th, though, Alicia stayed home from school, complaining of anxiety to her mother. I wonder if she was getting ready for her this trip and possibly feeling nervous or practicing, 
And I wonder if whoever was coming for her was casing the neighborhood to make sure they understood the entries and exit points. On Friday, Jessica took Alicia to get her eyebrows threaded. Over the day, her anxiety seemed to subside, and by night, she seemed happy, which could be unusual for Alicia. At 1 a.m. that night, Alicia appeared on the stairs to ask her mother when she planned to head upstairs and go to sleep. If you'll recall from episode 1, Jessica had been waiting up on the couch for her husband that night. Yvonne is a musician who plays night gigs. Alicia urged her mother to go to bed so she wouldn't be grumpy the next day, and Jessica didn't think much of it. With hindsight, she says, Alicia was clearly trying to find out when Jessica would be asleep so that she could plan to sneak out of the house. Alicia's computer was active until 3.26 a.m. that morning. As Jessica prepared breakfast on Sunday morning and was pouring juice for Alicia's young siblings, she noticed that the back door was slightly ajar. Because there's no way to get into the fully enclosed backyard without climbing over a fence, the door being slightly open didn't alarm Jessica. It's hot in Arizona, especially in September, and Jessica assumed her husband Yvonne had left it open the night before when he was watching TV after he got home. Yvonne got home late from that music gig, around 1.30 or 2, and he liked to unwind on the couch before bed. It wasn't unusual for Jessica not to see Alicia in that kitchen that morning. You'll remember Alicia was a teenager. She usually slept in as late as 11 on weekends, and she'd been up late the night before, laughing with her friends. Alicia also usually eschewed the family breakfast for something at Starbucks. But when Jessica got around to asking Yvonne if he'd been the one to leave the door open the night before, he said he hadn't. At this time, it was already around 10 a.m. Alicia wouldn't be up for another hour. But Jessica sent her husband upstairs to look for Alicia, and that's when they found she was not in her bedroom. When they went outside, Jessica and Yvonne found the lawn chairs and bricks Alicia had stacked besides the fence in order to scale it. They also found the shoe prints from Alicia's van tennis shoes in the dirt. In episode 1, I talked about the timeline laid out in the police report and wondered why the police did not find Alicia's runaway note when they responded to Jessica's 911 call. As to why police and Alicia's parents didn't immediately find that runaway note, for one thing, I want to point out that I don't think the note was supposed to be found right away. I visited the home and bedroom from which Alicia disappeared in 2020. Jessica had left Alicia's bedroom as it was the night she left, even leaving her dirty laundry in the hamper where it was tossed. And Alicia's bedroom is like that of any teenager. The note was on top of her gaming computer, which is not the same as the laptop she'd used for day-to-day -day things, and which she took with her when she left. The note was on a small scrap of paper, written in pencil, and was indistinguishable from the other pieces of paper and notes around the room. Anyone searching for a small teenager would not be shuffling through papers and probably wouldn't even look twice at the note. I wish there was more to decipher from the note, but the reality is that the note is really short. We can be an unscientific 99.9% .9 sure that the note is in her handwriting, but I believe it was written hastily. In episode 2, I spoke with Trent Steele, the PI working Alicia's case, as I tried to understand the criminal profile of whoever took Alicia. Unfortunately, I learned it's very difficult to narrow down any kind of criminal profile, and understand what's a red herring or a dead end and what's valuable information. For example, there's the comic book that Alicia brought with her when she left. 
It felt significant to me because it was one of the few items she chose to bring with her, and she had to be judicious about what she brought if she was going to scale a fence with those items. The comic book itself had cost $200, and Alicia had begged her mother Jessica to buy it. I broke the story of the comic book somewhat unintentionally when I learned that detail from Jessica in 2020, but the information has since spread like wildfire, with some speculating that the comic book is significant and others calling it a red herring, and still others getting annoyed that the comic book piece has even been circulating at all. There's a risk when you're in the media, someone is always going to be mad about what you put out there. I'm doing my best to stick to the facts, but there's going to be some speculation involved, and I will try to get to the root of any rumors. I don't think mentioning the comic book is a mistake, though. Alicia brought it with her that night, and since she was climbing over fences, I don't think it was a random or arbitrary decision to grab it. She got the comic book about five months before she ended up leaving. I'm about to share my interview with Clark, but first I want to provide a little bit of background information. Clark was one of Alicia's gamer friends, and I learned from Clark that he'd been contacted by the FBI and they'd searched his devices. He was just one of the many, many people Alicia was talking to online. But by the time two weeks had passed with no sign of Alicia and no pings from her phone or computer, the FBI joined in the search. Clark told me that he lent the FBI his Xbox and phone for about 18 hours and gave them all of his passwords. My name is Clark Samples. I'm currently living in Pennsylvania. Um, when I met Alicia, I had just moved to Katy, Texas, like just outside of Houston. Um, around the time she went missing, I had just moved back to Salem, Oregon, where I spent a couple of years and I only just moved out to Pennsylvania. So I definitely kind of been skipping across the country. But um, no, I'm currently in Pennsylvania. I'm 23 years old and I've kind of been picking up jobs here and there. I am currently working at Panera. Clark has a thin build and handsome face with dark hair and some facial hair. He's Caucasian and he has tattoos that he designed himself on his chest that peek out over the top of his shirt. I first found Clark by going into Alicia's Xbox screenshots and watching who she'd been playing with and talking to over Xbox. I feel like I've been following your life a little bit. Um... Just over social media. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I've been trying to to talk with everyone who has had any, you know, um, imprint on this case in any way. And, you know, a lot of people just never respond. So I, it's honestly so appreciated that you're taking the time to do this. And, you know, obviously Alicia is and was a friend of yours. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely um, the least I can do. Um, it's definitely weird because it's such a difficult thing to talk about let alone even like think about you know it's one of those harder things but it's something that kind of needs to be done you know and so how did you and Alicia meet I mean you know obviously you met online but what was how did it you know come about originate and uh you know kind of how often did you talk what was the nature of your friendship so around the time I met Alicia um I had, about a year prior, I had, or maybe two years, I forget, I had started up a Discord, and um, Discord is kind of like a gaming network app. It's almost like Facebook or Reddit, where you can, like, have different communities or servers, and then, like, admins or moderators inside of it to, like, manage or process everything, you know, but Discord is cool because you can program, like, bots or games into it and assign people roles for access to different rooms or 
different perks, like all different kinds of stuff like that. But um, I was running a gaming community for a couple of years there. And I had had them running for about a year. And me, my brothers, my friends, we were kind of just like, hey, if you guys find anybody cool online, maybe say, hey, if they're really cool, maybe bring them in. So we, so we can just make more friends, have people to play games with, you know. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us were teenagers and looking for more friends. And you can't really make friends if you don't say hello, you know. Um, I met Alicia playing on Overwatch. And... Again, we were like just kind of like looking for more people to just kind of fill up this community, you know. And I was randomly playing, I think it was over the summer of 2017. And it's been a while and I've had a lot going on. So my dates or details might be messy or misremembered here and there. But I believe it was the summer of 2017. And um, I was just playing Overwatch. And I think her and I played like four or five games in a row together we were on the same team every single match. And it was like flipping a coin and it landing on heads like four or five times in a row, you know? People yeah. will come and go between these matches. So the fact that her and I were like on the same team four or five times is like a very, very slim chance, you know? Every single match, she was just very, very sweet. She was always a super helpful player in those matches. She always like did awesome, you know? So I was like, hey, this might be somebody who's cool to invite. And I had no idea that she was going to be as awesome as she was it's like usually when you're playing these games you don't put like a name or a face or like a voice to these usernames you know you kind of just go oh this person's good at the game i'll say hi you know no i reached out and we like got along very very quickly we played some games um out of each other and kind of just called it good you know about a week after that i put her in the discord and she just got along super super well with everybody and after that, it was pretty much like a daily. It was like her, I, her and I would like come home after school, like play some Overwatch matches like almost every single day, like during school or like before bed or first thing in the morning. Like people would just be in the Discord talking, you know, and it's like I was always there. She would pop in and out, you know. So it was kind of like a daily communication and like almost daily playing together for like about a year straight there. And so you've mentioned, like, Alicia was really sweet. She was really good at this game. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what she's like online or over the Discord, um, like, as a person, I guess? Because in person, it sounds like she's very, very quiet. So what was she, like, what was her person, like, what is her personality like? Um, Definitely, like, quiet and shy at first. But I think just because we were all, like... (laughs) honestly just like mentally ill or like anti-social teenagers it was like we were all very similar in a way you know so she was definitely very shy and very anti-social for probably the first like month or so she would spend there playing games you know or like anytime somebody new would like hop into the lobby or anything else like that you know but um mm-hmm. no she really warmed up and once she was like talking she was usually like, the loudest person in the party or like talking the most or anything else like that you know so she really was that like very polite very sweet very shy girl the first like month or two and she definitely Mm -hmm. remained very very kind and very polite and very very sweet the entire time it's just she definitely opened up for us you know and was this it was this mostly like you said she was often like the loudest in the room were people like voice chatting on discord or is it um like was it a lot of it just like typing 
Um, a lot of it was texting in the Discord, and she would pop okay. in and out of there. Um, we didn't really okay. use voice chats at all in Discord. I think a couple people did, but I don't think her or I were any of them. Um, this was mostly done okay. over Xbox Live parties, which are kind of like group phone calls for video games, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, obviously Alicia is very shy, but everyone is kind of trying to build her confidence to be able to meet people in real life or, like, make friends in real life. Was Did it seem like she was adamant about meeting up with either you or, you know, anyone else from this chat maybe who lived closer to her in real life? Like, okay, let's meet up and, and give this a go. Or was, you know, did she seem, like, more reluctant on that front? You know, it's been a while, and I can't recall exactly. I think we, in like the Discord, we always joked about, like, oh, hey, when we're all adults, if there's, like, a Comic-Con, let's all go and finally meet each other. It's, like, we always kind of joked about those kinds of things. But I don't mm -hmm. think anybody ever took that super seriously or ever really planned on ever meeting in person, you know? Um, right. And, again, it's, like, none of us really knew each other's real names. Most of us didn't see, like, each other's actual faces. It's, like, we were scattered all across the globe. Like, we had friends who were over in the U.K. at that time or, like, mm -hmm. way up in Canada. So um, I don't think there was ever – I don't really think anybody ever really planned on meeting each other except for people who had already, you know, met in real life and then dragged each other into that Discord, you know? And do you remember how you first found out that Alicia was missing? Because I guess by that time, she, you probably weren't talking as often. I think you, you, I think you said before that she'd kind of like maybe not been online as much and, and put some distance. Um, but do you remember like how you first heard that she was missing? Yeah. Um, so leading up to that, I think summer of 2018 uh, most of us in that discord we were like 16 17 18 but the majority of us had just turned 18 and just finished high school so that summer of 2018 a lot of us were just kind of going our own ways in life like a lot of us were leaving our xboxes behind for college a lot of us were moving to different states i was moving from texas back with my mom in oregon um so the Discord got very, very quiet during the time because we were all just growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think over that summer, Alicia just never really spoke that much. Like, she didn't really play any games or anything. Um, I think she was working more on trying to make more friends in real life because we had always talked about, like, I don't know where I'm going with this, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. In the Discord, we always talked about trying to, like, just make more friends and to try new things and stuff, you know? So I think mm -hmm. that summer she was trying to hang out with more of her friends from school. Um, she was trying to like socialize more with people in real life. Not that the Xbox was ever tiring for her. It was just that we had done that for like a year and it was super, super quiet during that time, you know? So I yeah. think we were all yeah. just finding new things to do and kind of like figuring out who we wanted to be in life, you know? And then I think it was, fall 2018 um a week prior to me finding out my grandfather had passed away like my only remaining grandfather had passed away so a week prior my dad had called me and been like hey this has happened the funeral's going to be next week this time this place we're all going to kind of be there you know a week went by and i don't think i'm ever going to forget that morning because it was so bizarre 
but I got another call from my dad and he was like, and we joke, like we, we kind of like smack talk a little bit and like use some curse words, but he was like, Hey shithead, what kind of trouble did you get yourself into? And I've always been a very well-mannered, very goody two shoes kid, you know? So I was like, what are you talking about? And this was like six, seven in the morning. Um, but he was like, oh, yesterday, four or five police cruisers showed up to the house and they were looking for you. And I was like, oh, that's strange. I haven't done anything, you know? And he was wow. like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so, but we heard a friend of yours is missing and they want to talk to you. So very bizarre. And of course, I'm rocking my brain like, okay, which friend could this be, you know? Like, who went missing? And I've moved around a lot in my life. Like every single year of high school, I went to a different high school. I had a set of Facebook friends. I had a set of Instagram friends. I had friends only on Snapchat too, you know, across all of these. Some of them were netted in that Discord. And it's like, of course, I had individual Xbox friends too. So I was like, who could this possibly be? Like, who was I close to that could have disappeared, you know? And not even like five minutes after getting off the phone with him, I started going downstairs and there was a knock on the door. So I opened the door and there's two FBI agents out on my porch. And that was very nerve wracking, especially with anxiety and everything. I went out front and started talking to them and they were like, hey, um, a friend of yours went missing. We're wondering if you know anything about it. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea. So I started asking some questions like, um, was a friend from like Oregon or Texas? Like, what was the friend's name? And they were like, no, they're not from either one of the states. We think you might know who it is. And I was like, I genuinely have no idea. When they mentioned it was Alicia, my first thought was, oh, they said that wrong. It's my friend Alyssa back in Oregon who got into trouble. Maybe something happened because she was in a bad crowd, you know? No, wasn't that one. Don't know who you're talking about. We think you should know who this is. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I just woke up and I genuinely don't know. And so I mentioned that they had a photo that might help because um, I've seen like a lot of my friends on Facebook and Instagram in real life and even like in the Discord and Xbox and stuff, we would show each other our faces like here and there, you know, just to like finally meet each other, I guess, because you'll have friends for years and never actually see their face, you know? So when they showed me the picture of Alicia, like, my heart just sank. It was so awful. It's just that feeling of like all of the blood leaving your body and that kind of like cold pool just like washing over you, you know? Because, yeah, what a horrible way to find out about that. Like, not even was it just like a best friend of mine that had just went missing. It's a best friend who's a young teenage girl in a very dangerous world, you know? And it's like, everybody in that discord I was so protective over and I was so close to and I had spoken to her almost daily for like a year or so yeah so I just I think they saw the shock on my face and I was just like flushed like I was so out of it you know yeah um so I think because of how helpful I was and everything else like that they were like hey we're not accusing you of anything like we don't think that you're a suspect. And of course, when they said that, I didn't entirely believe them because if they had four or five police cruisers show up to my dad's house and then over here they're saying I'm not a suspect, it's kind of mixed messages, you know? So, right, um, right. 
So I wasn't entirely sure if I believed them on that. But um, no, I welcomed them into my house. I showed them around. I offered them water if they were thirsty. I gave them my Xbox and my phone and full access to everything, like passwords and everything else. I mentioned that my grandfather passed away and that we were going to his funeral the very next day. So he was like, oh, the main guy I was talking to is like, I'm very sorry. I'll try to get your phone back to you before you leave tomorrow. And we'll get the Xbox back after that. So I handed over basically all of my electronic devices right before this big family event, you know. I felt bad about it, but right after they left, I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot I even have a laptop because I, like, never use it, you know. So I got yeah. on my laptop. They had given me a business card, and they were like, hey, if you or your friends or your family hear anything, here's our business number. So I got on my laptop. I hopped in Discord, and I was like, hey, guys, this is very serious, but it's like, Alicia's missing or has been for a week. Um, if you guys know anything, if there's anything you guys can like give me information on, if she said anything weird lately, just let me know so I can help out the FBI and the police with this, you know? They were all just as shocked as I was. Yeah, we didn't really have anything. I felt bad not getting the laptop to the um, agent. So when he came by with my phone the next morning, I offered it to him, but I mentioned like I rarely used and I hadn't really touched it all summer or like even like the past year because I just hadn't really used it for anything. And he was like, no, we think we got everything we might have needed from the phone. We didn't really know how to work the Xbox, but we couldn't find anything for one on there either. So we think you're all good. And I didn't get like an all clear, all clear, but they were just like, we think we found all the leads we were going to get. We couldn't really find anything super substantial. So. Yeah, I got my phone back that day. I got the Xbox back the day later, and it was kind of just radio silence after that with the whole like, funeral and everything, too. So just a very bizarre and crazy morning. And my mother yeah. was, like, shocked and bewildered and just as upset as I was. No, it was just very crazy, and it all happened within, like, probably 15 minutes of me waking up that morning. So it was just so bizarre. Wow, that's – yeah, that would be so – so shocking. I mean, did you ever hear from them again after that? Or was that kind of it? Not really. I had the business card, but it's like, I never really had any leads. I never really had anything, you know. And months later, it's like, I looked more like in the news and stuff. But it's like, just again, nothing ever came of it. So. And so I, I don't know if you I mean, I'm sure you've heard about this. But um, Alicia, when she, you know, ran away, she took this comic book with her. Um, Marvel's Demon in a Bottle. And there's been a lot of debate about whether this was like of any significance. I'm wondering if Alicia ever talked about this comic book or like if you had any insight into why this might have been one of the things that she decided to bring with her. I don't really know. Um, Alicia was definitely never the type to like smoke behind her parents' back or to go out and party or drink or anything. That's just not who she was. Um, we played a lot of Overwatch, which I guess is kind of like a superhero genre kind of thing in a way. But it's mm -hmm. like she never really spoke about having much interest in Marvel or DC or superheroes or anything to my knowledge. So um, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a bit of a mystery. And and did, so did she ever talk about, you know, her family life at all? What was going on at home, you know, with... Uh, either her mom or her stepfather or her father, anything like that? Not really. Um, I wasn't 
really aware of any kind of like father figure in her life. I knew that she had a mother who she mentioned like would occasionally just give her like anything she really wanted or asked for. So um, yeah. she was she always mentioned that she had very like particular taste. Like she only liked certain types of food. So I would always encourage her like to get out and try more food or to try new things, you know. Because she mentioned she never had like a hamburger or like a pizza or something simple like that. So uh-huh. I was like, no, no, she never really talked about her. Um, either father or stepfather or anything. I only occasionally heard about her mom. I grew up with divorced parents, you know, so it's like people in my life have just always had weird family situations, so I never questioned about it or anything else like that, you know? If you had to guess, I mean, what do you think happened to Alicia? Where do you think that she went? Um, I genuinely don't know, but I can only really hope the best. And it's like, I'm not religious, but it's like, I just hope and pray that she's alive and safe and you know happy somewhere you know um i know she was trying to like meet new people and she was trying to make new friends but it's like whether she was abducted or ran away or kidnapped or anything it's like i don't really know i just hope it was i just hope it was like a happy runaway scenario where she might have left her family and friends and everything she knew but maybe it was or her Prince Charming somewhere, and she's just happy living life somewhere now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of, like, the best that, that we can hope for, right? So I just, I, I do think about it a lot. I know it's been a couple of years, you know, but it's like, I really, she was such a sweet girl. I just hope she's okay somewhere, you know? Like, aside from you, I've talked to some other people who are also looking into it, you know, and it's really sad that I don't think substantial has really come forward just yet, you know, but um, I want to help out any way that I can, you know. And it's just difficult for me because it was such a rough period of my life and it's such a hard thing to talk about, you know. So I yeah. sad that I don't always talk to everybody about everything about it, you know, but it's just so weird and difficult. But I really do appreciate everybody and everything that they've done for you know. Just from what I've experienced as a journalist, I think like a few years down the line, you're going to, I suspect that you will be happy that you talked about it, you know, versus I think it's, you're going to feel good in the fact that you, that you talked about this with people. You know, I think that's like yeah. so important. I know from the police report that one of the first thing police did was locate all sexual offenders within a certain radius of where Alicia disappeared, and there are a lot of sexual offenders in the area. There was a registered sex offender living just a few doors down from Alicia and her family, in fact. Alicia's family also lives just under 5 miles from 27th Avenue and Indian School Road, an area which, according to my research, is one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in all of Phoenix. In 2019, the 27th Avenue and Indian School Road area of Phoenix even made it into a Netflix documentary about the scourge of cartels and the drug trade along the U.S.-Mexico border. There are a couple scenarios for what could have happened to Alicia after she climbed over the fence and walked down the family's driveway into the night. Either Alicia was picked up by someone who intended to come get her, or she was possibly taken by someone else who saw her and took her as a crime of opportunity. I don't think Alicia would have left her house without a specific plan to meet someone she trusted. 
and where would that person have waited for her? Without getting too specific about the intersections, about where the family lives for their own privacy and safety, there's only so many routes this person could have driven, circulating, presumably waiting some time for Alicia, while Alicia waited for Jessica to go to bed. We know from my conversation with Trent Steele in episode 2 that Alicia's phone and computer were never active again after she disappeared that night. Alicia's family had also recently switched cell carriers, so recent data that they were able to access offered an incomplete picture of Alicia's cell phone history. There were also those rumors that one of Alicia's friends saw her with a burner phone at that Addington Metro Center mall a few weeks before she disappeared, but no burner phone has ever been recovered. We also know that whoever Alicia was communicating with, this wasn't the first time she'd communicated with someone online who wasn't as they presented themselves. In the past, Jessica had discovered a conversation Alicia was having with someone she met online that completely freaked Jessica out. Alicia was clearly communicating with an older man. At one point, the man had asked Alicia if she liked stuffed animals, and when she replied that she did, he told her he'd be her stuffed animal. Jessica reported that interaction to the police, but there wasn't that much they could do, as they said a crime had not been committed. After that incident, Jessica took away Alicia's phone for a while and continued to monitor her online activity. This is pure speculation, but if someone grabbed Alicia that night as a crime of opportunity, I don't think they'd have the foresight to shut off her phone and her computer. I feel somewhat comfortable ruling out the idea that Alicia was walking down the street and grabbed by a random person who thought she'd make a good target. The unsub's next move would be so crucial. If they spooked Alicia, she might try to run. If they drove erratically, they might be pulled over with an abducted child in the car and evidence of her abduction. So how many people were in the car that came to get her? I have to believe someone saw something that night. Whether or not they realized what they saw was important. I asked Trent whether there'd been any attempts at geofencing Alicia's neighborhood for that night. He told me any efforts to track down any meaningful cell data had been unsuccessful. I'm so appreciative of how helpful and open Clark has been, not just for this interview, but over the last couple of years. This has been so traumatic for him, and yet he's made himself available to me and the police. So if Alicia was going to meet up with her supposed Prince Charming that night, who was he? If you have any information about the disappearance of Alicia Navarro, please call the Glendale, Arizona Police Department at 623-930-3000, the Anti-Predator Project at 305-796-4859, or you can email me, Alyssa Fleck, at gonefromglendale at gmail.com. If you think you see Alicia, please call 911 immediately. Thank you.